Uh, today, we're going to talk a little bit about how to, uh, how to spread the gospel. We're going to get a little bit into that. Um, in the past couple of weeks, we've been looking at a couple other parts of the series, Life of a Disciple. I almost said making a disciple. That's not right. Life of a Disciple. Uh, Andrew talked about what we're sharing. What is the gospel, right? The gospel, the good news. There's six posters there, in case you don't know. That's sort of the, the TLDR, the Too Long Didn't Read version of what the gospel is. And also why we share the gospel. Yeah, and the other one was why share the gospel, right? What is the gospel? The gospel is the good news. The gospel being that Jesus came and saved us from our, right? And he did that by, sure, but I'm looking for a more abstract term, by, like, we are saved by grace. Thank you, right? So that's why we share the gospel, right? Because we didn't do anything to deserve it, but it's awesome anyway. It's awesome. We didn't do anything, anything to deserve what we got, and what we got was salvation. Wow. It's great. Thank you. Uh, we've been honing in on a, a particular passage that I'm just going to recap. I'm going to read it real quick. It's in Matthew. Everyone should have a Bible under their chair. Um, I don't really, I don't know, I'm trying something new. I like to lecture, but today I'm going to try to be a little bit more, like, interactive with you guys. So you're going to need a Bible. If you are currently talking to your girlfriend or you don't have a Bible out because you just don't care, get one out and get it ready. You heard me. <laughs> Matthew 28. You're already there. Look at you. And we're going to be in chapter, sorry, 28 still, uh, verse 19. How many of you guys, again, by show of hands, because we're doing that tonight, I guess, uh, have heard the Great Commission, right? Okay, how many people were here in the last two weeks? All of you guys should be raising your hand for the first one, right? Because we've heard the Great Commission. We talked about it last week. The Great Commission is when Jesus is leaving earth, uh, and he is saying to his disciples, uh, he says, Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Right? Go, make disciples. It's actionable. It's a thing. How do I do that, God? How do I go and make disciples? What, what does this even look like? I don't know what to do. My friends don't believe. I don't even know if I want to talk to my friends. We're going to look at the how today. So uh, let's go ahead and let's pray real quick, because that's a lot. God, thank you for this evening. Uh, thank you for the people that are here tonight. Um, God, would you just give me the words? Um, would you uh, help me to be taught by the students and by your word just as much as I get to instruct from what I've studied in this last week. Um, yeah, Lord, we thank you for your salvation plan, um, that we are saved by grace, that we get a gospel to share in the first place. And Lord, would you help uh, empower us to share it as we go out from this week? Amen. Okay. So the last, or one of the last questions I asked that was like, raise your hand, was how many of you guys feel like you failed at raising the gospel? Can, can you guys, or not raising, at, at speaking the gospel to your friends, right? Can you guys raise your hands again, if that's you? Okay. Me too, right? And I actually want to tell you guys a story about this. Um, because I'm up here, right? I, I get to be in the front. Some people would see this and call me a pastor or something, or, or a preacher or something. What's really, really important for, for me, for you guys to know is that I don't have this down. I don't have it down, right? I haven't figured this out. And for a long time in my life, I didn't have it figured out. In fact, 
when I was in high school, I had a really, really kind of messed up view of Christianity and view of um, what it meant to actually share the gospel with people. Now, that being said, I grew up in the church, right? Like, uh, my parents were Christians. They were both in the church doing stuff. My dad's a deacon at this tiny church. A deacon is like sub-pastor or something, right? There's like a, there's a more technical definition, but that's what we'll call him, sub-pastor. He helped out a lot. My mom did all the technical stuff, helped out in the nursery. I was in the church. I was a part of the church, right? So I thought I knew what Christianity was. But what I had been told about Christianity, what I, maybe not had been told, but had gathered about Christianity, is that Christianity, being a Christian, was all about doing the right things in life. Being the good, upstanding Christian guy, right? Like, I do all the right things that are in the Bible all the time. That's what being a Christian is. And so because I thought that, because I thought this is what being a Christian is, it's being a, a, a shining example of who a good human being is supposed to be, uh, and also I love Jesus, right? Because that's what I thought Christianity was, I thought that sharing the gospel was walking to my friends and saying, hey, did you know this is what you're supposed to be doing? Right? Like, this is what the Bible says about this. This is what you're supposed to be doing. As it turns out, that's not a really good way to spread the gospel. Because what, again, is the gospel? God, our sins, paying everyone life. Right? That's what it is right there. You guys can read it later. The gospel, specifically, spreading the gospel, isn't God, our sins, paying everyone life. Also, you do these things. Right? Now, there is an important place and time for that. But it's not when you're sharing the gospel. Not right away. Because the good news isn't that you get to do good things and be an upstanding citizen. It's that Jesus came because we're not that. Right? Okay. With that out of the way, let me tell you a story, finally. I had a friend. His name is Jack. I was going to do like a let's call him X, you know, name, but his, his name is Jack. You don't know him. <laughs> so uh, he and I had a lot in common. Uh, we were both like big-time history nerds. Uh, we, back, in the time, or back in the day, we were on a AOL Instant Messenger. Um, does anyone, no one here remembers AIM, right? Oh, see, it's like, okay, yeah, whoa. Okay, so like staff members in Callum, remember AIM? Cool, thanks, Callum. Uh, yeah, uh, this, this guy's name was uh, History, uh, uh, History Jack. That, that was his name on, on AIM. Don't look him up. Uh, <laughs> I don't think he uses it anymore, but anyway. Um, he and I got along. We got along a lot. He, uh, he played guitar really well. He sang really well. Um, and he and I both had an interest in music and in playing music, so we decided to make a band together. We hung out all the time. We played shows. We did, you name it. Like, think of your best friend. That was Jack to me, right? Jack was not a Christian, right? And I knew this because in my heart, whoa, I knew this because I saw that he did not do the things that a good, upstanding Christian biblical person does, right? That's how, that's how my stupid brain thought, oh, he's not a Christian. Not because I asked or anything, but because I was like, oh, I can tell by the way he lives, right? Uh, and as it turns out, that was correct, that he's not a Christian, but point being, it's not always the same. <clears throat> anyway, Jack and I, uh, after hanging out for a long time, uh, we started to, like, spread apart, started to distance ourselves from one another, and I remember asking him one day, I, I came up to him, and I'm like, hey, like, you okay, dude? What's going on? You, you seem like you've been really, like, sort of pushing everyone away, and he explained to me that his parents were getting a divorce. Um, now, I, like, a ton of people have experienced divorce, and, and like, I'm lucky enough that I haven't had that experience. Um, so I can't imagine what that's like for those of you that can. 
you might know what this is like. People take it differently. But for Jack, it was really, really hard. For Jack, it was like world-crushing that his parents were splitting up. Um, but he didn't let anyone know. He just started sort of hanging out with this other group of people that were like people that I wouldn't hang out with because, again, like, oh, I'm, I, don't, I don't associate with anyone who's not perfect Christian, right? Or so I thought. Uh, and so he got, yeah, he got interested in, like, drugs and, like, parties, sex, um, you name it. He was, he was getting into it. And one day, I, I walked up to him, and I remember telling him all the things that he did wrong because that was my reaction. I thought to myself, I need to spread the gospel. I need to tell the good news. The good news being you're doing everything wrong, right? That's what I did, which was maybe not the, the right way there. For another one of my friends, Nick, um, and, and sidebar for that, right? Like, uh, for those of you guys that have been in the church, rebuke, this is a word you probably heard. That's totally a thing, and it's totally legitimate. This was not the right space or place for it. Rebuke is something you do at a different time. Um, so if you have any questions about that, come to me later. Come to any of the staff later. We can clarify, but just in case you're confused. Um, <clears throat> anyway, another friend, Nick. He was a good, upstanding guy. He did all the right things. He never failed. He was always such a good guy. Not a Christian, as it turns out. And the way I failed in talking to this guy about Christ was that I didn't. I just didn't, because I saw that he was living a life that he was like, yeah, you know, I, I get good grades. I love my parents. I don't get involved with, like, drugs or whatever. I just sort of do my thing. And I was like, oh, Nick. Yeah, he's a Christian. I remember, like, in elementary school asking him, like, Nick, do you, go to, do you go to church or anything? He says, yeah, we go to church, like, a couple times a year. And I'm like, oh, sweet, cool, man, perfect. You're good. Like, you know, I don't need to worry about you. And so for the entirety of our friendship, I never bothered to talk to him about Christ. So in two ways I failed, right? I pushed too hard, and I did the wrong thing. I pushed, and I talked about things that weren't the gospel, right? Or I just didn't. I've done it. It sucks. And I thought... After I pushed Jack away, because um, that's what I did. I was actively detrimental to these guys uh, coming to Christ. I thought that I shouldn't talk to anyone about God. So for a while, I didn't. Just laid low. I thought, I'm really messing this one up, right? So I shouldn't do it at all. Here's the problem with that, guys. God wants us to share the gospel, right? He wants people to know him and wants people to know that he has a desire to have a relationship with them, right? That's the gospel. Why else would God come and save us from our sins if he didn't want to have a relationship with us, if he didn't care for us? There'd be no other, like, logical reason to think about that. He wants everyone to have a relationship with him. And, and, and as such, um, the Bible actually has a ton, a ton of things uh, to say about spreading the gospel and telling people about him. So what I need is four volunteers. Thank you. Thank you. Was that a volunteer? Sure. Thanks. Awesome. Okay. Uh, Greta, can you look up? Actually, you guys can stay seated. But thank you. Wow, willing. Awesome. Good job. <laughs> um, can I let, get you to look up John thirteen thirty five? Can I get you to look up Romans ten seventeen? Shelby, can I get you to look up 1 Peter three fifteen? Can I get you to look up Psalms 105, 11? Now, you may be thinking to yourself, ha-ha, I am one of the lucky few who do not have to look up a Bible verse right now. I guess you're right. The bad news is, or I guess the good news really, is that you should still be paying attention uh, because we are all going to figure out what these things tell us about sharing the gospel. I'm not going to sit up here and lecture you the whole time. We're going to talk back and forth, so just be ready for that, okay? Cool. Ow. 
Who has the verse? Greta, can you read for me John 13, 35? And everyone, listen very carefully, and we're going to look for what does this scripture, what does this verse, in fact, I'm going to write this down. What does this say about sharing the gospel? Greta, can you go ahead and read John 13, 35? Great, thank you. Okay, everybody. What does this say about sharing the gospel? We should love one another, right? Why? Because people will know. What will they know? Right, that we are God's disciples. And what I mean by that is that it shows that we are God's disciples. That means that we are paying attention to God, that we're, that we're focused in on God and, and, and having him be a part of our life. So we're showing his character in that. His desire for us is to be his disciple by loving one another. Capiche? Everyone got that? Uh, who had Romans ten seventeen? Ben, can I get you to get up and tell the, the, tell the, tell the class what Romans ten seventeen is? Thank you. This one's a bit trickier. Okay. What does this say about sharing the gospel? Acting on the word of Christ, yeah? Yeah, you have to talk about it. Right, and you have to talk about it from the word of Christ. What were you going to say? Yes. This is all good. These are all really, really good answers. Right? It's from scripture, and we have to share it. Okay, cool. Good job, everybody. Who had first Peter, first, first Peter 3.15? Okay. Cool. What does this say about sharing the gospel? And this one's got a lot. I love this. Be respectful. That's pretty, that's pretty plain, right? What else does this say? Be prepared. And be prepared for what? To answer questions, but questions about what? Yes, but why you have hope? Thank you. Yes. Right, you have to be prepared to have an answer to the question, why do you have hope in Jesus Christ? You have to know your testimony. Ladies and gentlemen, what is a testimony? Your story, right? Ladies and gentlemen, can people have a boring testimony? Yes, technically, sure. But does that make it any less powerful? No. Yeah, exactly. It's a fact that can't be argued. And ultimately, anytime Jesus is taking someone and moving them into a relationship with him, it is a miracle. We are not born that way. Jesus has to come in. His spirit has to come in and save us, right? It does not matter if your testimony is like, well, I went to church all my life, and then one day I woke up, and I decided I was going to be a Christian. Great. Awesome. That is so cool. What changed in your life? That's incredible. Or if your testimony is something like Matt Eldridge's, which is like, boom, I was like way over here, and then God came, and I was like way over here. Right? It doesn't matter. These are all good. Know your testimony. Why? Because then you can share with people the hope that you have in Jesus Christ, which is your testimony. Right? Does everyone get that? Does that make sense? Give me a nod if that makes sense. Give me a shake if it doesn't. Okay? And if it doesn't make sense, find a staff member. Talk about it later because, like, your testimony is important. The Bible also has some examples of people preaching the gospel to other people, and they're awesome. They're really, really useful. In fact, um, we're going to read one here and pay really, really close attention because I think it's such a perfect example that when we are all done reading it, you guys should have a 100%, 300% perfect understanding of how to preach the gospel and you'll never fail again. Gosh, you guys are killing me. Thank you. That was sarcasm. You won't. You're going to mess up, right? Things are going to happen. But that being said, pay attention because this is really useful. I do honestly believe that this passage, and once we dive into it, is going to change the way that you understand preaching the gospel, right? It's in Acts. So everyone grab your Bible, go to Acts, Acts chapter 8. We're going to start in verse 26. Okay, here we go. 
pay very close attention because we are going to try to answer this question. Okay, what does this say about sharing the gospel? Okay, be thinking about this question when we read this. Critical reading. The Bible is actually useful for teaching. We have to pay attention to it, though, right? We can't just, like, go through it. We're not going to get anything out of it. You might get something. You're going to get more if you study it. Okay. Spiel over. Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Rise and go toward the south to the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. And while we're also thinking about this question, I want you guys to also be looking for key words in this, right? We're in English class right now, okay? We're going to get into English class here. Look for key words, words that are important to the scripture, words that matter, again, to the question, what does this say about sharing the gospel? Cool? I'm going to continue. This, the road from Jerusalem to Gaza, is a desert place. And he rose and went. And there was an Ethiopian, a eunuch, a court official of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who was in charge of all her treasure. Important guy. He had come to Jerusalem to worship and was returning, seated in his chariot, and was reading the prophet Isaiah. And the spirit said to Philip, go over and join this chariot. So Philip ran to him and heard him reading Isaiah the prophet and asked, do you understand what you're reading? And he said, how can I unless someone guides me? And he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. Now, the passage of the scripture that he was reading was this, like a sheep. And again, this is from Isaiah. You can actually find that back here. Okay, it's there. Uh, Like a sheep, he was led to slaughter. This is about Jesus. And like a lamb before its shearer is silent, so he opens not his mouth. In his humiliation, justice was denied him. Who can describe his generation? For his life is taken away from the earth. And the eunuch said to Philip, About whom, I ask you, does the prophet say this? About himself or someone else? Then Philip opened his mouth, and beginning with the scripture, he told him the good news about Jesus. And as they were going along the road, they came to some water. And the eunuch said, that's the Ethiopian, See, look, right? Here's water. What prevents me from being baptized? And actually here you might notice that uh, the verses go from 36 to 38. Where's 37? 37 is a verse that... um, They just don't include it anymore because they looked at it, and they're like, we're not actually sure that it's in there. But 37 basically says, uh, Philip asked the guy, like, well, do you believe in Jesus? And he's like, yep. Okay, and then they continue. So it doesn't matter that it's not in there. It just wasn't, like, legitimately held up as, like, yep, this is actually in the original Bible. Okay, moving on. So, and when they came up, sorry, and he commanded the chariot to stop, and they both went down into the water, Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. So obviously the answer to the question in verse 37 that's not there is, yep, okay. When they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord carried Philip away, and the eunuch saw him no more, and went on his way rejoicing. Okay, cool. Close your Bible. Well, actually, don't. Keep yours open, because you might need it. Okay. Big passage. We're coming back to this question. What does this say about sharing the gospel? Right? We're trying to figure out, again, how do we share the gospel? What do you guys think? Give me, give me some takeaways from that first reading through. Read through it as you like. Keep reading. Find keywords. Point them out. Whatever works for you guys. We're going to be talking back and forth about this, though, because I need your help to decode it as well. Listening for the Spirit. Okay, where do you see that? Verse 29. And the Spirit said to Philip, go over and join this chariot, right? Okay, that's a great one. Okay, what else do you see? If you have any keywords, words that stand out. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. He responded. I'm just going to, like, subnote this fervently. Fervently is one of my favorite words. It means passionately, right? This guy ran. He didn't, like, 
He didn't just hear this, feel this urging, have this, however the Spirit communicated with him. The logistics don't matter here, right? But, like, uh, he didn't just have the Spirit say, like, hey, you should go join that chair. And he was like, can I get a sandwich first? Like, or do I? Yeah, like, all right, here we go. He, like, ran. He ran there, right? He's pursuing God. He is responding to the Spirit fervently. Good. Thank you. Yeah, Philip came forward to this guy and was like, do you understand what you're reading? And we're going to look at that a little bit more, too, because it's kind of interesting. Cool. And, like, not like a question like, eh, sup, right? Like, an actual question that was pertinent to the Spirit and God. Yeah, good point. If you don't know, reread the Scripture right now. Sit down, read it to yourself. If that's easier for you, read it. It's not a big deal. For me, one thing that stood out is in verse 35, uh, it says, Then Philip opened his mouth. Uh, sorry, this is a different translation than the one I just read. But it says, uh, Then Philip opened his mouth, and beginning with the Scripture, he told him the good news, right? So what does that what does that tell you guys? Use the scripture, right? Where does the good news from come from? How do we ultimately know that the good news is a thing? One awesome thing about the Bible, uh, I, I guess, awesome. One interesting thing about the Bible is that um, it was written not in English originally. Whoa! It was written in a couple different languages. This particular section in the entire New Testament was originally written in Greek. Greek is the language that has like four different words for the English word love. It's a really cool language. It's got a lot of interesting things. Uh, and I found that when I was looking at the scripture, I was like, gosh, I get it. Philip, he goes, the spirit tells him, hey, go talk to this guy. Uh, he's like, okay, I'll go talk to him. He asks him like, hey, do you get it? And the guy's like, how? I know. And he's like, okay, cool. Here's how to get it. And then the guy comes to Christ. It seems really easy, right? It seems really, really straightforward, but it's it's not just that, right? It, it, it isn't just like, yep, this guy did a cool thing. It was easy for him, right? We, we read this and we think it was easy. Like, he just did it. Okay. He just did it, but how come I can't, right? Let's dive into it a little bit more, though. There's a couple key words here. Rise. Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, rise and go toward the south to the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. Later on, it says that he did rise up. He went and did that thing, right? Rise. There's a Greek word. I'm not going to write it in Greek because I can't, because uh, I'm not uh, intelligent. It's that. However you want to pronounce that. Right? That's the Greek word for it. What it actually means is not just to, to rise, but actually it, it's also used in the connotations of rising from the dead. Right? Or rising up in opposition. It's not just like, well, I thought I would just sit here, and then, well, I guess I'll get up now. Right? It's like making a conscious effort to get up and go with purpose. Does that make sense? It's bigger than just that. You have to be, again, if, this, if we're answering the question of what does this say about sharing the gospel, fervent. We have to be fervent, right? Rising up in opposition against the other things. Okay? Cool. The next keyword, desert. Matt, why is that a keyword? That's dumb and logistical. Well, let me tell you. The Greek word is eremos. Eremos doesn't just mean a desert. It also means lonely, uninhabitable, and also an uncultivated region fit for pasturage, right? So a place where you shepherds would take their sheep to go. This was not a comfortable place, right? He knew when the spirit was like, hey, Phil, you want to go down to this spot? He wasn't like, that seems cool. His first thought was, well, crap, that sucks. Like, <laughs> this is so hot and barren, and there's nothing down there, right? It wasn't easy for him. The Bible shortens the story, right? But from the Greek, we get to see that this wasn't easy for him, right? He had to be ready 
He had to be prepared, right? Not only to share his testimony, but being willing and prepared to go do something that wasn't comfortable, right? So what does that tell us about the scripture and sharing the gospel? We have to be ready to be uncomfortable, right? Does that make sense? Sometimes it's going to call us into places that aren't comfortable, right? A lot of missionaries go to third world countries or places they don't know the language or the culture, and it's uncomfortable, right? But it's for the purpose of spreading the gospel. Okay. Does anyone else have any other takeaways that you thought about while I've been writing this stuff up here? Yeah. What an awesome, what an awesome point that I hadn't actually even thought about. God not only was thinking of Philip in this situation, right? He wasn't just, the Spirit was not just talking to Philip here. The Spirit was also talking to the Ethiopian and said, hey, you should read this right now. Like, you should read this, even though you don't even know what it means, really. You should read this, right? Good point. The Spirit was working on everybody, and it, it met him where he was at, right? Provided for him, right? So sometimes you have to be ready because you might be the one that's being provided. Whoa. Holy responsibility, Batman. You have to be ready, because what if the Spirit calls on you? He didn't just call on you. He called on someone else to be ready for you. Yikes. I got more Greek for you guys. You guys ready? I know you guys love Greek. <laughs> it's all Greek to you? Oh, gosh. I'm a big nerd, so this stuff really excites me. I'm sorry if it's not exciting to you, but it, uh, it really brought it to life uh, for me. Uh, here's, here's a fun one. Verse 30. Right, just after the Spirit says to Philip, go over and join this chariot. And then so Philip ran to him and heard him reading Isaiah the prophet. Philip did what? He ran to him and heard him reading Isaiah the prophet and asked, do you understand what you're reading? In that sentence, do you understand what you're reading? What do you think the key word is here that I'm about to dissect? Understand, right? Understand, this one's kind of funny to me, actually. So understand, the, the Greek word for understand in this, in this passage, which by the way, I didn't, like, do anything special to find the Greek on this. You guys can Google this. It's an interlinear Bible. If you guys really want to get into a passage, you can do it. Nothing's keeping you from it. Um, it's very easy to understand. Huh. Uh, the, the Greek word here, thank you, is uh, genosko, I think. And what's funny is that this is used to, say, understand and comprehend. But it's actually also a sexual innuendo that's used throughout the Bible. Uh, to, like, if you guys ever, yeah, and that, you know, a lot of you guys perked up there. Gosh. Uh, <laughs> have you guys ever heard, like, uh, maybe you haven't, uh, staff, you've probably heard this, like, do you know something or do you, like, know it biblically, right? This is the word for that. Like, knowing something biblically uh, is, is, like, a, a euphemism for, like, to know it. Like, if, you, if you're reading uh, in Genesis, Adam and Eve, they knew one another, right? It's intimate. They understood one another. This guy's asking, like, do you intimately understand this? Right? Not just like, do you get it? Right? Did you read the passage and you understand that Philip went and talked to this guy? Do you get it? Right? He's like, no. Do you intimately understand what this means? What this means about what this says about sharing the gospel? What this means for my life? Understanding the scripture is important to this. Understanding the scripture is important to understanding how we're going to talk to people about God. Does that make sense? The next funny thing that I saw, or not funny, but interesting thing, uh, in the next verse he says, and he said, how can I, or sorry, yeah, after, do you understand what you're reading? The Ethiopian says, how can I unless someone guides me? Guides in this particular setup, in this sentence here, uh, it, it, the Greek word, uh, it, it means more than just guide, like, hey, uh, gosh, take a left turn here, 
right? What do you guys think guide means in this situation? It's teaching, right? It's being a mentor. A mentor is someone who's there with you for a long time, right? They walk through stuff with you. It's relational, right? So what does this tell us about, excuse me, about spreading the gospel? Relational. The word is relational. The last thing I said was that it's relational. He's teaching them. Sharing the gospel is not what I did to Jack or Nick. It's not not saying anything at all. It's also not walking up and saying, hey, did you know you're doing stuff wrong? It's being relational. Does everyone get that? Does anyone have any questions about what that means? What does relational mean? Relational, uh, it's like long-term... Uh, relational, uh, more than transactional. Transactional being like, hi, Cindy, I'd like to purchase one salvation, please. And then she hands something over, and then we're done. She's over there. I'm over here. We're ignoring each other. It doesn't matter, right? Relational is Cindy and I are working together on this. She's teaching me how to love Jesus. She's teaching me who Jesus is. I am her friend. She is my friend. It's a relationship, right? Good question. Thank you. Next, the next verse. And he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. And the word invited here actually means like begged. It's appealed. He wasn't just like, hey, Phil, you want to come? He's like, Philip, come help me understand, right? This goes back to what Malcolm was saying about being provided, right? Sometimes you're the one being provided. That person might be begging for you to be there. Are you going to be ready or not? Be ready, right? Be prepared. What else do you guys think matters when it comes to what does this say about sharing the gospel? Yeah, Penn and Teller had a really poignant example where he was like, this guy's an atheist, and he's like, hey, I had someone give me a Bible, and I was really actually kind of blown away the fact that no one else had given me a Bible, because if you as a Christian believe that you have the ultimate salvation that's going to save you from everything, why aren't you stoked on it? Why aren't you so excited that you're giving Bibles to everybody? Maybe. Everyone you know, however you decide to do it. It's relational. Don't just like, what else? We're working together through this, right? Sorry, this isn't a lesson. If you were planning on zonking out tonight, yeah. Yeah, you actually have to believe that Jesus is who he says he is, right? Yeah, and that comes with the the, the fervently understanding. Because if Penn Penn and Teller is right, that we should be passionate about this, which it is, right? We should be fervently responding to the Spirit. We should be fervently seeking out how to do this, right? That doesn't mean doing something crazy and stupid, right? You guys know what to do and what not to do, but... um, And if you don't, ask a staff member. There's a lot of discernment that takes place. But, yeah, you actually do have to believe, (laughs) as it turns out. I like lists. I'm a bookkeeper. It's like an accountant. Uh, I like lists and data. That's why I'm doing it this way. So if you guys aren't like STEM students or like really stoked on learning, sorry, I'm a big nerd. Okay? So let's rework, let's rewrite this too. What do we need to be? How do we need to be? Okay. The first one was loving another, right? Be loving. That matters, as it turns out. Yeah, why? Because what we're sharing right? What we talked about a couple weeks ago is that we're sharing the good news. It's the gospel. It's that Jesus loves us, so we should probably be loving too, right? Not forceful and weird. What else? I love this. Be open to talking about it, and I'm going to change the words a little bit just because that's how I had it written down, but that that is correct. Uh, Be available and willing, and I also wrote, even if it's uncomfortable. I went to Italy a couple years ago, uh, which I know you're thinking like, wow, Italy is awesome. I was in the slums. I was in um, a part of town that is really, really ruled by a gang called the Camorra. They're basically the mafia of central Italy. Italy. What's? No, Sicily has the mafia. I was in Naples. Naples has the Camorra. Um, we were in this little area called Casoria. It's like the heartland of it. 
uh, I was on security, yikes, at this big gospel event, right? Um, the only thing I knew how to say in Italian was, Jesus loves you, right? And, and I, I don't remember how to say it now, but it was also, uh, why am I, it was, why am I here? Because Jesus, uh, because Jesus loves you. Because these kids, they would come up to me and they'd say, why are you here? Right? Why, why are you here right now? Uh, and, and in my limited Italian, all I could say to them, even though it was uncomfortable, because I really wanted to be like, tell me, right? Tell me about who you are. Tell me about what you're doing. Let me tell you about my testimony. All I could say, even though it was uncomfortable, was Jesus loves you. I'm here because Jesus loves you. And that was enough for some of these kids to show up to church on Sunday in that park. That was all it took. It wasn't a lot, but I was available, and I was willing to do it, and it was uncomfortable. But it was great. It was awesome to be able to worship with those guys. These are kids who are like career thieves. Right? These are not, uh, not, good, not good folks, and hanging out with them uh, was such a blessing because I got to be available and willing. Okay, great. What else? What else do you, how do we be? Be loving. No, like, don't force, right? Yeah, respectful. I think I actually have that one in here as well. Nope, but that works too. Yep, respectful. Yep, understanding, right? Understanding, and I'm actually going to, I'm going to double up on this one. Understanding of people, but also understanding of Scripture, right? And more importantly, even probably, understanding of who God is in your life, right? Your testimony, okay? So I'm going to write this down. Be, and I'm going to write knowledgeable. That does not mean that you need to, like, know Scripture front and back and have everything. If you do, great. But I just wrote, how do we be? And I'm up here teaching, so you can probably do it too. Uh, yeah, be knowledgeable. Be understanding, right? Be willing to listen, right? These are all really good things, guys. What else? Oh, and with this, sorry. Uh, and uh, be okay with saying, I don't know. Don't try to answer everything if you don't know. If someone gives you this complicated question on some, like, logistical thing, right? It's really super okay to just be like, I don't know. I don't know, but here's what I do believe. Here's what I do know. Here's what God did in my life. I don't know how that works. You can come talk to my pastor or whatever, right? Or you can figure it out. What's up? Yeah. Listen and act, right? So that's, that's definitely both these, right? These are all great answers, guys. I'm not just lumping in the, them in here because I don't think they are. These are great answers. Listen and act. Awesome, yeah. Empathy, yes. Empathy, also right here, right? Listen, feel with them, right? Mourn with those who mourn, rejoice with those who rejoice. Excellent answer. What do you guys think being prepared means? Be prepared to be uncomfortable. Yes, absolutely. What else? Right, that's with that. But also, listen to the Holy Spirit. Stand on truth. Excellent. So anyway, guys, at the beginning of this, we started off with raising our hand for things, right? We raised our hand with, do I ever feel like I failed? Right? This is such an important one, I think, because I feel like I failed. I feel like I failed. And the reason I feel like I failed is because my goal was to convert people, right? My goal was to walk up to someone and be like, boom, you're a Christian now. Whoa, sweet, right? That's not what we're doing, right? We're being relational. Oh, I should write that one down. But ultimately, I think, guys, what we need to be as well is trusting. We need to trust God with the outcome, right? Because who brings people to Jesus if you're the one sharing the gospel? Is it you? No, it's not you, right? I, I've never brought anyone to Jesus. Matt has never brought anyone to Jesus, right? 
Greg has never brought anyone to Jesus. They've all had a part in bringing a lot of people to Jesus, but who did it ultimately? It was the Holy Spirit. Does that make sense? Trust God with the outcome. You might not be the person who sees this person come to Christ. You might be the person who shows up and makes them know that Jesus even exists, right? Or is a good example of someone who loves Jesus and is a good person to them and accepts them for who they are. You might be the person who X, Y, Z, right? You are a part of the puzzle. God's plan is bigger than you. Sorry, right? God's plan is bigger than one person, right? It it took a whole village to get me to believe in Jesus. Same for a lot of you guys. Same for a lot of the people that are going to come to know Jesus. Trust God with the outcome, okay? This is not all-encompassing. This is also not formulaic. Does anyone know what formulaic means? This is not a formula. You cannot enter variable friend into this and have outcome be Christian, right? That's the word Christian, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's not how this works, right? This isn't formulaic, but this is a guide, guys. And where did we get this from? Scripture. Read it. Simple. Okay. We're going to head to small groups. Um, but as you guys go, I want you guys to think and pray about this. Um, so it, would you guys just put your heads down and just close your eyes for a second and just think about this. In all earnestness, would you guys just please think about this for one second. When you're hanging out with your friend next time, what does it look like to be listening to the Spirit and willing to respond? On your sports teams, in band, in your classes, are there people that you need to be more relational with, actually getting to know them instead of just practicing, doing homework, doing drills, right? Think about that. And be thinking about that as we go out. We're going to go to small groups here, but let me pray before we go. God, think of it this evening. Lord, you've made my mind a jumbled mess of information, and I hope, God, that this was clear to at least one person. Um, So, Lord, thank you for uh, teaching me about what it means to preach the gospel, to share the gospel. And, Lord, would you make it clear to these students when and where and how they should be sharing the gospel in their daily life? Would you give them the boldness they need um, to do that? In fact, I'm just going to pretend I'm writing be bold there as well. Um, God, would you just equip these kids, equip them um, with the, the knowledge of their testimony, with your presence, with the ability to just listen and hear and trust in you for the calling and the outcome, God. We thank you for your salvation, for the gospel that we get to have in the first place. Um, Amen.